Mobile is the future. Use it to power up your profits. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Our show focuses on the latest news and information impacting mobile marketers, publishers, and technologists. We speak with the power players of mobile monetization. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble. Please welcome our host, Wen Tu. Welcome to Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, the ultimate control center to run your mobile business. This is your host, Wen Tu, and each week we discuss a key aspect of the mobile industry with a leading thought leader. This week, we really wanted to focus on mobile moments. In the last few podcasts, there has been a lot of talk about mobile moments and how important it is to capture those mobile moments and designing your campaigns, your apps, sort of your key business decisions around that. This week, we focus on the mobile moments and how you can make use of them. And we couldn't have had anyone more suitable to weigh in on this topic other than Forrester analyst Julie Oss. Julie serves e-business and channel strategy professionals. She has worked with hundreds of clients across multiple industries to advise and guide the development of their mobile strategies. And her research has been widely cited in publications, including the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. Thank you for coming on to the show, Julie. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So we've heard a lot about capturing mobile moments. And at Forrester, it seems as if you have a very defined definition of what mobile moments are. So we define a mobile moment as that point in time when somebody reaches for his or her phone to get what she wants immediately and in context. And each of us does this at least 200, like at least each of us does this at least 150 to 200 times a day. When we think about mobile moments, how is that different than thinking about other touch points that usually have happened on other channels on um, desktop or in other aspects of businesses? Yeah, so I think that's the challenge. Um, A lot of times when people think about mobile, because it looks and feels a little bit like other experiences that we've had or that we've had online with a PC, they tend to treat the mobile phone as a scaled-down version of the PC, but really mobile is fundamentally different. Mobile has completely shifted consumer expectations of what's possible, and this is something that we actually measure at Forrester. 21% of consumers in the U.S. have these shifted expectations, and another 29% are in transition. So within the next year or two, 50% of consumers in the U.S. will have this expectation of anything, anywhere, anytime on my mobile device, and that's something that we call the mobile mind shift. And I know that Forrester released a really interesting book about the mobile mind shift back in June of last year. Can you tell us a little bit more about what were the fundamentals in that book and sort of how businesses have used that book in really educating themselves of approaching mobile in a different way? Yeah, absolutely. So the premise of the book is that mobile has shifted consumer expectations, and there's three core ways that mobile has shifted consumer expectations. One is immediacy. Mm -hmm. We expect to be able to get anything now, whether it's information or paying a bill or talking with a friend. It's all about now, so it's very very much about immediacy. The second way that mobile has changed our expectations is around simplicity. We expect things to be very simple and very quick. We become very task-oriented on our mobile phones, and so we expect to be able to get in, you know, get something done and get back out. And then we also expect things on mobile phones to be very contextual and very relevant and very personal to me. And so as a result of these shifted expectations, 
happens, everything about the way that a company engages with the consumer changes. It changes how they market, how they sell, how they build products, how they think about their business model. And then once you start thinking and changing the way that you engage with consumers, there's a ripple effect for your organization that changes your platforms, your processes, and how you're organized. So it's very, very disruptive. In this disruption, I can imagine that a lot of organizations are putting together Skunkworks team to really figure out what they should do. What are some common mistakes that you see organizations do when they're trying to do such a revolutionary thing about how they think about their customers in such a different way? Well, I think the first mistake is is that companies don't think of mobile as being different. They think of mobile as being a subset of digital. And about 62% of the companies that we've surveyed, um, actually their philosophy towards mobile is simply a slimmed down version of what they're delivering on the PC. Yeah. And there's a lot of you know dangers associated with that that you know have a ripple effect. Um, you know the PC is designed as a self-service medium, whereas mobile is designed for service. Yeah. Uh, the PC is designed primarily for people that might be sitting at home or sitting at the office, and the PC isn't about the needs and motivations of consumers on the go, which mobile is. So probably one of the biggest mistakes that companies make is not internalizing, so to speak, that mobile is fundamentally different, and they need to stop thinking about doing old things in new ways, but really start thinking about some of the net new things that they can do with mobile. And, you know, from that point on, you know, some of the other challenges that companies run into, um, often they're organizational challenges because they treat mobile as a subset of digital that it tends to be, you know, within a silo within the organization. And they're not thinking broadly about how mobile can impact the entire business. They're just thinking about how mobile can impact the digital business. And they also don't tend to, if you're not thinking about how mobile could impact your entire business, then it's hard to really understand the implications of mobile throughout your business and all of the technology and organization changes that you need to make to really deliver on the kind of a promise that consumers expect today from brands and businesses with, with whom they do business. So like everyone sort of can pay a lot of lip service about how revolutionary uh, mobile is and how it really changes every single aspect that they do business. Do you have any sort of examples of people out there that have really taken mobile as a major mind shift and that they've approached it in such a dramatic way that can be shown as a beacon or a model for other people to look at and try to learn from? Yeah, so I'll give you a few examples if it helps. One of the easiest examples to point to is a company called Uber, but it's also an example that people like to dismiss because they say, well, that was a mobile-first company, that's not me. But fundamentally, you know, Uber leverages this notion of knowing where everyone is, and they've completely changed the the transportation industry, so to speak, or the people-moving industry, because now I can just open up an app on my phone and press a button that says, pick me up here. So all of the headaches and friction that come and have come in the past with trying to find a taxi, calling a taxi, you know, wondering if the taxi is ever going to come, wondering what time the taxi is going to come, right? Um, mobile completely changes that because not only can I press a button and say, come pick me up here, but there's also full transparency of who is picking me up. Uh, you know, what is that person on a four to five star rating scale? Are they a good driver? When are they going to be here? Where are they now? Are they picking somebody else up? And there's a lot of transparency of information that consumers have come to expect from other services. But this can also impact, I was going to say, big businesses. If you take a company like Walgreens, and they're one of the case studies in the book as well, if you look at a company like that, where two-thirds, approximately two-thirds, let's say, of their gross revenue comes from prescriptions and from selling medication, and they thought, well, 
you know, knowing that 20% of prescriptions go unfilled or aren't refilled, you know, how can we impact that? And so they thought about it, well, how could we use mobile or what could we do was really the question that they asked themselves to improve and make the experience of reordering a prescription easier. And the answer just happened to be mobile. So you use a very interesting word when you, you talked about Uber. You used the word friction. They took away a lot of friction. And I've heard that from a lot of my guests on the show. And when you brought up Walgreens, you said, you know, refilling prescriptions. There's a lot of friction there in which you have to call up. You have to have your prescription available. But with mobile, you can just do a push alert, say, come refill your prescription. What are ways in which a company can sort of look at their process and identify frictions in which mobile can address? So let me take a step back from that and I'll come and I'll circle back and answer that. So in terms of these mobile moments, we recommend a framework that we call the idea cycle. Mm -hmm. And the idea cycle stands for I, identifying the mobile moments in their associated context, D, designing the engagement, E, engineering or re-engineering your platforms and your processes and your people for mobile, and then A, using analytics to monitor you know, ongoing performance and driving continuous improvement. Yep. So if we go back to that first step, which is the I, we recommend that our clients do one of a couple things. They could, if they can afford it, do ethnographic research and actually study consumer behavior as consumers move through the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, United Airlines, for example, when they were doing ethnographic research to understand how they could improve their experience experience that customers have. They actually went home with their customers, watched them book tickets, watched them pack, you know, watched them call for a ride, get to the airport, move through security, move to the gate, and they actually watched them do that to understand where the pain points and the friction are. Another tactic that our uh, companies use is actually mapping out customer journeys and then understanding, well, where are people sad or unhappy or frustrated or angry and Mm -hmm. identifying where those pain points are. And then thinking about where the simplicity and the immediacy in context of mobile could help improve upon that experience. So, Julie, we have to break for commercial, but would love to dive more into Forrester's idea cycle, identify design engineering and analytics when it comes to mobile. Please stay tuned after these short messages, and we'll be back with more from Julie Oss from Forrester. Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. 
Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu. Welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit. I am here with Julie Oss from Forrester, our guest today, and we've been discussing mobile moments. And in our last segment, Julie starts to talk about IDEA, which is a framework that Forrester has established when thinking about mobile and how to take advantage of it. To recap, IDEA stands for Identify, Design, Engineering, and Analytics. So Julie, in the last segment, you're talking about sort of interesting ways that United and other companies started to identify certain mobile moments. Um, Can you walk us more through the framework that you started to introduce about how you encourage your clients to use this framework when thinking about mobile? Yeah, I think it's, if I, I'll take a step back for a moment. It's really important because this is about one of the things, you know, if we go back to the conversation where we started about mobile moments, mobile is becoming the primary engagement medium, so to speak, for most companies with their consumers. Yep. And so when we talk about this notion of mobile moments, it's so important because that is the next battleground, so to speak, to win, serve, and retain your customers is in their mobile moments. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about using the idea cycle, it's a really big philosophical break for most companies that have primarily focused on shrinking or squeezing experience down onto a mobile phone or have thought about using mobile to simply enhance an experience. Because with the idea cycle, we've asked companies to stop thinking about mobile and start focusing on a customer experience where mobile just may happen to be part of the answer that helps them transform that experience. And so a lot of the work, you know, is really early on in the ideation process where companies are trying to identify, you know, what are those mobile moments and really thinking about, well, who am I serving? You know, what are their motivations? What are their needs? What is their context? Because it's also so important when you start to think about proactively serving customers and telling me what I need before I need it, you really have to understand my context, whether it's my location, uh, my preferences, my past behavior, or even the emotions that are inferred from the logistics in the situation that I'm in. And that's really the first step is identifying those moments and then prioritizing them. You know, with a lot of companies with which we work, you know, in the course of doing a day-long workshop, we may identify, you know, a couple hundred or several hundred ideas 
of mobile moments where, you know, mobile can help make a difference in improving or transforming an experience. And then it's a question of prioritizing them. So what benefits the consumer and what benefits the business? The second step is then what we call designing the engagement. Uh, a lot of times, and there's a lot of energy and focus today on apps, yeah. uh, but mobile websites could also be the best way to engage, or it could even be something as simple as a message or some kind of a push notification. But you really have to think about the mechanics of how you're going to design that engagement to get people to act. You know, a lot of the interactions that brands have today with consumers are what we call glanceable moments, which are a subset of what we call micro moments. It's simply about pushing out information. A package has been delivered. Um, a bill has been paid. You know, it doesn't always require us to take action. Sometimes it's just letting us know that something has happened. But companies really need to think about, like, what's, how do I design that engagement so that it's most effective and that it's easy for the consumer and it serves its purpose? And then the next step is where all the heavy lifting occurs. You know, when we talk about mobile and the cost of mobile and how expensive it is, only about 15 to 20% of the cost is in the upfront design of an app and development of an app. 85% of the spend is what we call is an E, so to speak, of the idea cycle where you're talking about re-engineering your platforms and your processes and your people. Mm -hmm. uh, this is where most enterprises run into hurdles. Yeah. Um, lack of infrastructure, not having the right infrastructure and services in place, so like APIs and web services, are the number one inhibitor to getting done what I want to get done in mobile. An organization also often stands as a roadblock because people don't have the right incentives or success metrics or KPIs, so to speak, to motivate them to use mobile to improve overall business objectives and not just the objectives within their own functional silo. And then finally, we talk about analyze because if you don't have your apps instrumented with analytics, then you're flying blind, so to speak, and you don't know what's working and what's not working. And then you have to continue to iterate through this cycle. This is about starting small, failing fast, learning fast, and continuing to iterate. Less than half of the companies that we survey today have mobile analytics in place. And so there's a lot of companies out there flying blind or measuring the wrong things. I just wanted to quote a Forrester report that came out last September. I and mean, I quote, rushing to check the box on mobile projects has led to far too many shortcuts. Too many companies are making too little investment in the organization, processes, and platforms needed to enable next-gen mobile services. As a result, innovation has paused, stimulated by the twin challenges of rapid delivery velocity and deeper integration with existing systems of record. So with that quote, it sort of seems as if mobile is supposed to have this all-encompassing change and people sometimes get mesmerized by initially launching an app or whatever their skunk work project is. But in your experience, you say that 85% of the cost of really becoming mobile is really on this organization and processes. How would you advise people to prepare themselves or at least set themselves up for success on this 85%? Yeah. So I guess the, the first thing that I would say is this takes very senior level buy-in. One of the reasons that we wrote the book was to get the attention of C-level executives so that they could begin to internalize just how mobile, how disruptive mobile will be to their business. Yeah. Because when you're talking about the kinds of changes and the kinds of investments that we're talking about, it really takes that level of senior buy-in to drive this kind of change. I'll give you an example. You know, one of the things um, that's happening is a lot of companies are undergoing what we call a digital business transformation, and yeah. mobile is one of the primary catalysts. And in a very public announcement, the CEO of Home Depot back in the fall of 2008, 
2013 announced that the Home Depot had spent $350 million to do to do upgrades, to go through this transformation because they were under competitive pressure from Lowe's and they needed to update technology and what was happening in the stores and their supply chain and do all these things to meet the expectations of consumers. It was only six months later that he had to announce that it was actually, you know, what it was going to cost $1.5 billion. Oh and while not gosh. all of that is mobile, mobile is one of the primary catalysts. Like mobile is what has changed consumer expectations and given them this power of having like pricing and inventory and alternatives in their hands in the age of the consumer. So it's, you know, mobile is one of the primary drivers of that, even though all the spend isn't dedicated exclusively to mobile. So is mobile just really a red herring in which most companies need to really re-pivot their whole entire organization? And mobile is sort of the catch-all phrase to encompass the disruption that they're going through. Yeah, I'd like to say it's, it's a bit of the, the tail that wags the dog. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's what's driving, it's what's, you know, generating momentum and getting companies to sit up and take notice. And, you know, and what you pointed to, too, I mean, this, these examples in retail are especially difficult. Um, you know, these don't tend to be digital businesses. And this is where you see the spending come into place because if you have a company that's simply looking to shrink or squeeze an experience down onto a small screen, that's not that expensive to do. But if I'm in a store, you know, name any kind of a store that has a local presence, and I go onto the mobile website or in the mobile app, and I do a search on, you know, a blue shirt size medium, I don't want to know what's in the warehouse in Nevada. I want to know what's in the store that I'm standing in, in zip code, you know, 94118. Yeah. And that's not something that retailers built their digital presence on, right? Their their local inventory didn't tend to be digital. And what they were handing to consumers was an e-commerce experience or a scaled-down version of a web experience, but that isn't the experience that I need in a store. That's what costs money. Yeah, I hear a lot about lots of retailers. They run on data. Data is so important. They have data coming out of their ears. But when it comes to mobile, it's, it seems like it's not enough just to collect the data, but how to make that data actionable in the mobile moment. As a Forrester analyst, what sort of analogies, what sort of things do you say to clients that don't quite get mobile moments and the way analytics is such a big part of that to help them understand how they can take their data and really make it actionable? Yeah, so there's a few questions in there. I think, you know, one of the ones that we haven't cited yet is that one in four consumers actually expect their experience to change based on their context. So consumers have this expectation today that that companies can ingest data, ingest information about my past behavior, what I've purchased, what my current context is, like my location or the time of the day or whether I'm on a car or a bus, Mm -hmm. and use that to serve up just the experience that I need in that mobile moment. So one in four consumers expect that, but there's a couple of the things we say to companies, like one, this is hard, right? And it isn't, to your point, just about data and analytics, but it's the insights that you generate from those analytics that help you decide how to serve consumers in those moments. And lastly, there aren't best practices today. I get on the phone with, uh, you know, companies all day long. We're like, well, what's the number? What's the best practice? How many of X do I need to do? Like, how many yeah. push notifications can I send out every day? And I tell them, like, look, there, there is no best practice. It's yeah. all very contextual and depends on what situation the consumer is in. And you're going to have to put analytics in place and hire data scientists and hire people who know how to use these tools to figure out, you know, what are the best ways to serve your consumers and what insights are relevant, what data is relevant, and how to use those insights. So interesting about there are no best practices. And it sounds like it's a lot of trial and error and trust the experts that maybe aren't native to the person's industry. So perhaps 
finding a data scientist that happens to not be from retail is actually what a retailer really needs to take advantage of mobile. Possibly, yes. I think the one of the dangers and one of the challenges I think a lot of companies run into could be retail, could be travel, could be banking, is taking those who have been successful in e-commerce and then asking them to do to do mobile. Um, it's very hard for those that have been in digital business or digital marketing not to bring their paradigms of what digital online means. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for them to leave that behind and think about the net new things that mobile can do and how it's different. So um, we have to break for commercials, but we'd love to dive into the next segment about the net new things that you keep mentioning. So stay tuned for more mobile power and profit with Forrester analyst Julius. Stay tuned for more mobile power and profit after this brief profit timeout. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Giving you the power to increase your profits. This is Mobile Power and Profit, presented by Rumble, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Wen Tu. 
Welcome back to Mobile Power and Profit. I'm here with Julie Oss, Forrester Analyst. So Julie, in the last two segments, you keep mentioning the net new things instead of just doing old things in a new way. Tell me more about what you mean by net new things. How about I give you a couple of stories about the new things that mobile enables you to do? Sure. One of my favorite stories is from a retailer in Guatemala that called Meatpack, and they sell limited edition shoes. Mm -hmm. They created an app called Hijack. And what the app would do is if a consumer had downloaded the app and they were walking around the mall, if they were to go into a competitor store, let's say a Puma or an Adidas, they would get an alert on their phone that said, hey, from Meatpack, we'll give you 99% off if you leave that store and come to our store and make a purchase from us. It's like real-time marketing, right, based on location, geofencing, all the things that you hear about in mobile. And then the catch was you get 99% off your purchase. But the discount would decline by 1% for every second that it took you to get to the store. And so they conquered six or 700 customers, I believe, within one location in the first week that they had rolled out this app. And that's something that's new that you can do with mobile because you have that context of where somebody is and knowing that your customer is in a competitor store and essentially stealing them back. Countdown, too, I think is genius. No, it's, it's totally genius. Yeah. Or if we look at the example of that Amazon with their price check app rolled out a few years ago, you know, if Amazon knew that I was sitting at home and I was shopping online, that I was probably going to make that purchase online. Mm-hmm. But if I opened up the Amazon app to do a price check and I was standing in a competitor store, let's say a Best Buy or otherwise, they would actually give me a discount to buy online rather than buying in that store because they knew that the, it would be very easy for me to pick something up off a shelf and pay for it and walk out the door. So they were going to have to be more aggressive with pricing and what they were offering me to get me to buy from them rather than where I was. These net new things like online, you know, being a little bit of a geek, I'm thinking about the amount of data and triangulation, even in the hijack example, you need to have maps of the mall themselves, having the beacons on so you know the location. You need to triangulate to know that your store is nearby. There's so many things that have to come together. It's a complicated orchestra that you have to make sure works all together. How do you advise your clients of as they think about these net new things and you know come up with these genius ideas of how to technically pull it off. Yeah, you know, we always, well, there's a couple things. First, like technology is never the inhibitor. It's always what you do with the technology and the, and the skill set that you have to use the solutions are in place. Um, it's not hard to pinpoint where a consumer is. It's much, much harder to get a consumer to be willing to share that location information with you whether it's through GPS or having Bluetooth turned on to engage with a beacon, that's the bigger challenge. And then having that information and knowing what to do, that's the bigger challenge. I mean, Meatpack is one example that's very unique and very targeted because they were doing conquesting. But if you were to take any retailer in the U.S. and say, okay, you like customer, you know, Julie has just walked into the store. She spent $238 last year. She comes this frequently, and this is what she's bought here over the past five years. You know, what would you do with that information? Mm-hmm. You know, a retailer has to know what to do with that information. Yeah. I can give you another example out of healthcare if you want to move past retail. Yeah, definitely. All right. So one of my favorite examples in healthcare is um, real-time knowledge of compliance and changing the way that we reimburse patients uh, for pharmaceutical and for medication, so to speak. Yeah. So. If you imagine how big of a pro- you know, if you imagine that in the United States the cost of lack of compliance is very, very high. 
uh, consumers go to the doctor, they get instructions from the doctor, they have a prescription they're supposed to be picked up, right? We already said that 20% of prescriptions go unfilled, and so the cost of compliance is very high here in the U.S. because if people don't comply, they tend to end up in the emergency room or being escalated to more expensive forms of care. So one of my favorite companies that's doing something unique in mobile is called Proteus Digital Health, mm-hmm. and they are embedding sensors into medication or tablets that I take. And those tablets interact with the the stomach, the acid in my stomach, and they communicate out to a patch on my skin that then communicates with my phone to record exactly when I take medication and what medication I've taken. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of things happen. On one hand, you know, an app can coach me and remind me to take medication, remind me that I need to eat before taking medication that's due in 15 minutes, whatever it may be. Yeah. The second thing that happens when you improve compliance, the impact of the treatment programs tends to improve dramatically and consumers tend not to have to escalate up to more expensive forms of treatment. So one of the things that they're thinking about doing is could we reimburse consumers for medication or prescriptions that they pick up based on their compliance rather than simply picking it up at the pharmacy? And that and things like that can be very game-changing. It's, it's super fascinating to really think about mobile moments from retail to healthcare and the efficacy of certain medicines. And I'm so glad that you are on our show, Julie, and telling us that one in four consumers expect what they get on mobile to change based on their context is so eye-opening of what companies today really need to consider when they're thinking about their mobile strategy. Thank you for coming on the show, Julie. Thank you for letting us share our story. Definitely. And to all our listeners, remember you can find this and more podcast episodes of Mobile Power and Profit in the iTunes stores or simply going to rumble.me backslash power and profit. Tell us how you thought of today's episode on social media using the hashtag RumbleMPP. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Mobile Power and Profit presented by Rumble, the ultimate platform to run your mobile business. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of webmasterradio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of webmasterradio.fm is prohibited.